Hi, this is John Ortberg, and this is Radical Acceptance, learning how to walk through Advent with a open posture and a surrendered will. I was thinking about, talking about the idea of a surrendered will with my friend Jake recently, talking about how a surrendered will is very different than a weak will, and it's important to distinguish the two. A will can be good or bad. I can be surrendered to that which is good, to God, to reality. And then a will can be weak or strong. It can be easily turned aside or tenacious. And God wants us to have wills that are strong, that are not easily turned aside, but that are also good, that are surrendered to love and to joy and peace and to God and to reality. And it made me think about Jesus and why it is objectively, whatever you think of it, why it is that the story of Jesus, Christmas, the incarnation, his life, death, and resurrection, is simply the greatest story that has ever been told. And so that's what I want to talk about for the next few moments. I will need some paper to do this. I'll do the best I can. I don't know if this will work a lot or not. It's, it's very dense, a lot of stuff to go through, but I love this. It was uh, informed a lot by a book by Robert McKee, a screenwriter, called Story. And he actually diagrams what does it take to make a great story. Uh, story is the basic unit of meaning for life. And what's interesting about Jesus is that Christianity is the only major religion that is rooted in a story. Other founding religious figures, Confucius, the Buddha, Muhammad, give teachings or lead things but only Christianity is presented not simply as the teachings of its founder, but as the story of his life. And there is a reason why I think this is significant. So, this is Robert McKee. And to have a good story, you have to have a protagonist. Now, the protagonist is the central character. And the journey of the story will be about the character of that protagonist. McKee distinguishes between characteristics, those are things that are visible, how tall somebody is, their body, how attractive, their ethnicity, their age. Character is unseen. Character, he says, is that which is revealed by decisions that the protagonist makes under pressure. And stories are really about the revelation of character. And so in any story, there's a protagonist and their character is what of interest. McKee says, what makes a good protagonist for a story is not necessarily that they're sympathetic, not necessarily that they're likable, but they must be empathetic. In other words, when I look at them, I must find myself saying, that's me. I can identify with that person. We will come back to all of this. So there's a protagonist, and then there is the first action. There is an um, inciting incident. Kevin Costner hears a voice, if you build it, they will come. In the movie Casablanca, uh, Humphrey Bogart sees Ingrid Bergman walk into his cafe. And that inciting incident, that first action, is what triggers the events that will lead on to an inevitable climax of the story. Now what happens for the protagonist is they have an object of desire. There is something that they want, but there's a gap. And as they start to move towards it, this gap is what creates the obstacles or the barriers that keeps them from getting to that. Um, conflict is central, McKee says. And the reason for that is our lives are filled with conflict. Story is about life. And there's conflict inside me. Um, fundamentally, most fundamentally, between good and evil, between who I want to be and who I know I am. 
and then conflict between individuals and conflict between nations. Any stories about conflict because our life is and we cannot resolve it on our own. And so there are these conflicts in a good story within the protagonist and between, between the protagonist and other people and then between uh, nations or larger entities. And so this will require now a, another action to try to overcome this conflict and that will involve risk. Every good story involves risk because our lives are filled with risk. Every story is about value. In fact, stories, McKee says, are really simply expressions of ideas about value, value that makes life worthwhile, justice or love. And the measure of the value of the protagonist's desire is the risk that the protagonist is willing to take. No risk, no value, no story. The the strength of will of the protagonist is what's called the spine of the story. So if you have ever seen a James Bond movie, James Bond is determined to overcome uh, Dr. Evil or Dr. No or whatever his name is. If James Bond were to say, go ahead and take over the world, I'll just go on vacation, no story. What happens then is there is increasing tension Uh, Further action and then a gap and further action, more gap, more conflict, until eventually you come to the crisis of the story. And that is the end of the line. In a good story, the protagonist has to travel to get to the end of the line. And that's the inevitable conflict now. No tomorrow, no turning back. This is Frodo at uh, Mount Doom in Motor. And then there is the climax when the story turns one way or another, and then there is the resolution. Now, uh, we go through the story of Jesus. Um, He is the greatest protagonist of all time because he is the Son of God who is made flesh. There's never been a protagonist like that. Not only that, he actually is called in the New Testament the second Adam. The idea is that every human being was made by God to be a glorious person, but we've lost that because of sin. And so Jesus is what redeemed humanity looks like. He is each one of us in some way. He, he recapitulates humanity. And so he is the one with whom we can identify like none others. And then there is the first action. We actually see that in two ways in the Christmas story, in the incarnation. The first action that the Um, inciting incident is what disrupts the balance of the protagonist. From a heavenly perspective, it is when the Son of God comes down in human form in a manger. There has never been a first step like that. From a human perspective with Jesus, that begins at his baptism. He's had 30 years of human existence, but then when he steps forward to be baptized by John the Baptist and he begins his public ministry, that sets in motion now conflict that is going to lead to an inevitable conflict, uh, inevitable climax. And there is both uh, inner conflict for Jesus. Right after his baptism, he goes into the desert and he experiences temptation. You don't have to suffer. And there is relational conflict with pretty much everybody in Jesus's life. And then there is extra personal conflict with Rome and with Israel and with Satan. And we see that all the way back in the desert at the very beginning. And then Jesus begins his public ministry. He goes to preach. And then immediately there's conflict there. We're told in Luke 4 that because his message is one that is inclusive of all people, the people that hear his first sermon want to kill him. 
And so that leads to more action, more ministry and more conflict. And he gets in trouble with the religious leaders and people are drawn to him. And then sometimes they don't like him. And, and this goes on and on and on through his life uh, until finally we come to the great time of crisis. Now, in Jesus's story, one of the interesting aspects of it is that the first 30 years of his life are covered with about 1% of the Gospels. And then when his public ministry begins, that period of time, maybe three years, is covered by about half of the Gospels. When we get to the crisis of his life, the last week of his life, that's 50% of the Gospels. All of that has been leading to this. And we see the crisis in an external way on Palm Sunday. When he sets his face, Luke 9, towards Jerusalem, sets his face like flint, we see the inner conflict of uh, his great crisis in the Garden of Gethsemane. And there's the turning point. For every protagonist, there is the ultimate decision to be made in crisis. And it's always difficult. It's always ambiguous. It's never good versus evil, because that's a no-brainer. For Jesus, it's um, can he do the will of the Father without having to suffer? What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this hour that I have come. Not my will, but your will be done. And in the garden, we see the turning point, the final decision that Jesus makes. I will go to the cross. And then there is the climax. And here there's a tremendous turning point. He goes to the cross. And so we would think that the crucifixion is the end of his story. McKee says there's three general types of stories, um, idealistic stories, stories with happy endings, fairy tales, pessimistic stories. Have you ever seen Chinatown where evil darkness wins? The third kind, he says, the most difficult to write are ironic stories where everything gets flipped upside down and the protagonist ends up winning by what looks like losing. He says ironic stories are the most difficult to write because they can look so ambiguous but they're the ones that last the longest and travel the widest and are loved the best because our lives are filled with irony. And there has never been irony like the one who says that in order to be first, you must be last. In order to be the greatest, you must become a servant. And he offers his life on the cross. God dies, the greatest risk of all time. And then the greatest turning point of all time, resurrection. And then, and then resolution, and the resolution is that that resurrection begins to be worked out so that the object of his desire from the very beginning, which is the redemption of the world. By the way, his story also has the greatest backstory of all time. Every story has a backstory. The backstory for Jesus goes all the way back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, the ultimate protagonist of the Bible, and that is God, creates the heavens and the earth. But then the fall comes, and so there is this gap, and there is conflict, and God takes action, and there's the flood, and there's Noah, and then there's Abraham, and there's Israel, and the Exodus, and the Promised Land, and the kings, and the exile, all around God's object of desire, which is the redemption of the world, all of which forms the backstory for the coming of Jesus. And in the resolution after the crucifixion, and the resurrection, we are given a great commission. To you and me is given the ministry of reconciliation. God, the whole story, the whole story of the human race, God so loved the world that he gave his only son 
that whoever trusts in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. So it's the greatest story, just objectively, it's the greatest protagonist of all time. It's the greatest conflict of all time, good and evil, life and death, heaven and hell. It's the greatest risk of all time. It's the greatest backstory of all time. It's the greatest crisis of all time. It's the greatest climax of all time. It's the greatest object of desire of all time. The redemption of all that is, the restoration of shalom. It is just simply the greatest story of all time, no matter what you think about it. And then that gets to be part of our story. See, this is also the map of your journey and mine. We are each invited to take that step towards Jesus. And we will face, as he did, a life of difficulty and conflict and risk. But we're putting our stories inside of his stories. We are surrendering our wills to his will. That's the story of Christmas. That is the greatest story ever told. And it can be yours and mine. So you don't have to do anything with this. You don't have to give anything or uh, take any action. Revel. And thank God, and I'll see you next time.